this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Hallelujah, God. You are good. You are good in our lives. You are good in this house. And we press in this morning. We are expectant this morning, God. We want to hear from You. We want to hear a word. Teach us, Lord, how to be more like You, how to bring You more glory, how to understand more of You and more of Your ways. There is more in you this morning and we want it. Bless this day in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you, band. Hallelujah. Praise God. Wow. What a day. This is a great day. Great worship. Great communion word. Thanks, Byron. That was a great word. A new faith. I, am, I want to take a hold of that. We all should. That's fantastic. I am so excited to share with you today what God has been speaking to me about. I have been reading through the book of Joshua. So Byron mentioned, you know, the heroes of the faith. For me, he is just absolutely one of my heroes of the Bible. I love this man so much. I can't wait to meet him in heaven and thank him. The reason I love Joshua so much is because he was faithful to the end. He worshiped God, he sought God, he served the Lord and he obeyed. God gave him some tough challenges What Joshua had to achieve was not easy in any way, but he answered the call of God, he obeyed. And that's why I love him. You know, you read through the Old Testament and it's such a roller coaster. It's just, it's so up and down. Like, you know, you read about the the judges and the kings which come after Joshua and some of them are great and godly and Some of them are not, you know, or they might start out strong and then they fall and, you know, reading through the Old Testament and and just king after king and sometimes I'd actually find myself skipping ahead a couple of pages to find out, please God, let this one serve you, let him stay faithful. And some of them do and some of them don't and it's just like, come on guys, throw me a bone, like, please just stay strong. But Joshua does, he stays strong. So just a bit of background on Joshua. Joshua was an Israelite. He grew up under Moses' leadership. Uh, You probably remember the story of when Moses sent out the 12 spies to spy out the land of Canaan. And he said, go and check it out. Tell us what you think. Bring us back a report. Can we take this land? And out of the 12, only two give a positive report and say, yes, we trust God, we can take this land. And one of those two was Joshua. So this is who we're talking about. So even before Moses died, it had been decided that Joshua would take over 
the leadership of the Israelites. So it says in Deuteronomy 34, verse 9, Now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. So the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. So Joshua knew his role. He knew what he was going to step into. He was trained for it. He was prepared for it. He was ready. So Moses dies. Moses' work is finished. He goes on to heaven and it's up to Joshua to step up. It's his time. So Joshua chapter 1, God speaks to him and basically gives him his mission. So the Israelites hadn't been able to, to move into the promised land like they wanted to. But now it was the time, and that was Joshua's commission. God says, you know, this is the time. You have to lead the Israelites into battle. There was, there was still battles to be won. There was still land to be taken. And God lays it out. He says, this is what you're going to do, and you will be successful. God promises that to Joshua. He does not go into this blind. He knows that, yes, it's going to be difficult, but God will give him the victory. That's the promise. But listen to what God said to Joshua. Joshua chapter 1, verse 6. Be strong and courageous. Verse 7. Be very strong and courageous. And again, verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So three times in a row, God says to Joshua, be strong and courageous. So while we know that Joshua had been prepared for this role, he knew it was coming, he was ready. But that doesn't mean we can just assume that he was completely confident and ready to race into battle. If he was, God would not have needed to say to him, be strong, be courageous, don't be afraid, don't be terrified. God wouldn't have needed to say that. So I think we can kind of assume that Joshua must have been nervous. He must have been terrified. But he did it anyway. He listened to God. He obeyed. So God told him what he needed to hear. And Joshua took it on. It's so easy, isn't it, to look at these amazing godly people like Joshua and and so many others in the Bible and so many other people around us and think, well, that that was for them. That was that was what they were called to. They're they're different to me. They're not. They're not different. Joshua was just a regular guy. He did amazing things for God purely because he was called and he obeyed. So you could do that. You could lead an army if you had to. You actually could. You may not have to do that. God may not call you to lead an army. But it is reassuring to know that whatever he does call you to do, you can do it. Joshua led an army into battle. He had great victories. You can definitely do whatever it is that you need to do raise godly children, 
have a good marriage, start a business, earn money, get a good job, speak to someone about the Lord, pray for someone, you can do it. So Joshua leads the Israelites. They have to cross the Jordan River and God just miraculously stops the water from flowing so they can all cross. It's amazing. It was such a wonderful miracle. And then the first battle, Jericho. So it was Joshua who led the Israelites. You probably know the story. They marched around the city of Jericho for six days and on the seventh day, again they marched. And then God said, now shout. And they did and the walls of Jericho came tumbling down and the Israelites took the city. So we probably know that story. What you may not remember, and I definitely didn't, was an incident that happened straight after this victory. So God led them into Jericho. He was very clear, you know, walk around the city, do this, do that, and you will win. And they did. They followed the Lord's instructions. God also told them, so take the city, destroy everyone and everything. He said, of the plunder, so the things left over in the city, you know, the the gold, the silver, the bronze, the fine clothing, he said, you can take it, but it has to go into the Lord's treasury. You cannot take it for yourselves. So no individual is allowed to take anything for their own. It has to go into the Lord's treasury. A man named Achan, however, did take some of those things from Jericho. He saw some of the things that he liked, that he wanted, and he took them. So God saw this, as he does, and it says that his anger burned against Israel. As soon as the, the Jericho battle had been won, you know, Joshua, I think he's just, he's just high on the victory. He's just so excited, and he wants to take the next city, Ai. So it wasn't supposed to be a big battle. There wasn't many people there. He sends only about 3,000 men, which was a small number, uh, into the city of Ai, and he tells them to go and take it. So at this stage, Joshua doesn't know what Achan did, that Achan stole some of the things he was not meant to. So he sends these men in, but God allowed some of the Israelites to be killed. So they were routed, the enemy was waiting for them, and about 36 of them, the Bible says, were killed that day. The rest of the Israelites come back, they tell Joshua what has happened, and he's devastated. He tears his clothes, sprinkles the dust on his head, goes into full mourning mode because he's so upset that his own men have been killed. And he cries out to God, this wasn't supposed to happen. I didn't know this was going to happen. I I thought we would have victory. Like, What's going on here, God? God speaks to Joshua and he says, Joshua 7 and verse 10, the Lord said to Joshua, stand up. What are you doing down on your face? Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant, which I commanded them to keep. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen. They have lied. They have put them with their own possessions. That is why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. They turn their backs and run because they have been made liable to destruction. I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy whatever among you is devoted to destruction. 
this is not exactly a pleasant story to hear. It leaves us feeling a bit uncomfortable and, and unsettled. Why, why were the Israelites killed for one man's sin? God is just. Psalm 99 verse 4 says, The king is mighty. He loves justice. You have established equity. So God himself actually created the idea of justice, of wrongs being righted, of equity, of, of all of us being treated the same. That wasn't born out of the constitution or the law or whatever. That was God's own idea that he designed and implemented. And we love justice too. You and I, we love it when rights, when, sorry, when wrongs are righted. We all have some sense, some stronger than others, of justice needing to be done. And the reason we love justice is because we are created to be like God, because we were made in his image. And that means that we, as people, have the same qualities that God has. We may not even realise it, but that's why there's such a need in us for justice in the world and in our own lives. It's why we have a police force. It's why we have courts and judges. It's why every you know, other movie that was ever made is about good triumphing over evil and superheroes beating the villains. Because there is something in us that, that needs justice. We, we love it. We want it. And in this case, justice meant punishment for Achan. What he did was wrong. God told the Israelites, don't take these things for yourselves. Then he did it. He, he disobeyed God. And there had to be punishment because of God's justice. And he said to Joshua, why are you mourning? Get up. We have to deal with this. And Joshua got it. He understood. He got up. The very next day, he calls all the Israelites together. He calls out Achan, and Achan confesses his sin and is killed because of it. And so is his family. So his family uh, probably would have known about it. Achan stole the things. He hid them in his tent, and some of them he buried under his tent. So his family probably would have helped him to cover up. So Achan's sin not only affected himself, but also his family and the whole of the Israelites. And sin does that. It just seems to have a ripple effect. It often affects not just us, but others around us. And God knew that. God stopped everything to deal with this sin. The Israelites, they had momentum. They'd come off a great victory. They'd seen God's miracles when they crossed the Jordan. They were keen. They were eager. They wanted to keep on going. But God said, stop. He halted everything in order to deal with this sin. There was no other way. Israel was a holy people called by God to be set apart and different. God would not stand by and let sin, even the sin of one person, infect the Israelites and hold them back from what they were meant to do. 
from what they were meant to achieve for the glory that they were going to bring God in, in their victories. Matthew Henry says about Achan, as soon as he had got this plunder, it became his burden and he dared not use his ill-gotten treasure. So differently do objects of temptation appear at a distance to what they do when they have been gotten. See the deceitfulness of sin. That which is pleasing in the commission is bitter in the reflection. Sin is a very troublesome thing, not only to a sinner himself, but to all about him. And it's so true. Sin is deceptive. It lies to us. It calls out to us with promises of fun or pleasure or even relief from trouble. It lies because very quickly the consequences of sin are brought to light and they are always bad and never good. We cannot allow sin in our lives to hold us back from the calling of God to hold back the blessing of God. He does not want that for us. Just like the Israelites, he wants us to deal with our sin so that we can move forward. Just like what Byron was saying, throw off the sin that so easily entangles us so we can keep running our race. So of course, now we have Jesus God hated the barrier that sin created between him and us. And so he sent Jesus. The, the punishment that was due our sin, he took it on the cross and he dealt with it once and for all. So God doesn't necessarily deal with sin the same way he did back then. But we can still be sure, we can know from this story the way that God thinks about sin and that he hates it. He abhors it. He hates it and he hates its consequences. So we have to be like that too. We have to hate the sin in our lives. We have to get rid of it. And Jesus spoke about it too in the New Testament. He said, if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out, get rid of it. Don't even entertain the idea of sin. Pull away from temptation. Joshua was ruthless in dealing with this sin. Once he heard from God, he listened, he dealt with it. And we have to be ruthless with the sin in our lives. We've got to get rid of it. And the answer is repentance. The answer is always repentance. When there is sin, we repent. Repenting is so good. I love repenting so much. Because you feel so good. You get rid of it. Repentance is very simple, but we complicate it sometimes. Don't complicate it. Confess your sin before God. Let him forgive you. Let him help you and then move on. That's, that's all it is. He wipes the slate clean. Praise the Lord. The good news is that once the matter had been dealt with, sin, sin was dealt with, the Israelites did, did, did the right things, God moved on and the Israelites moved on with him. He didn't make them go over and over the details and analyse it and talk about it. It was done. Let's keep going. Listen to what, so the very next words that God spoke to Joshua. Joshua chapter 8, verse 1. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Take the whole army with you and go up and attack Ai. So 
It, it was done. There was no need to keep on going on and on about it and looking back. Okay, great, let's move on, let's go back to the battle, let's go back to victory. And that's such a good lesson for all of us. But God had to remind Joshua, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged. I reckon that if God hadn't said that, Joshua perhaps would have gotten back down on the floor. He did not like what happened, obviously, with the sin, with the punishment. He, he dealt with it in the right way. But maybe he would have wanted to stay in that place of regret and, and sadness and disappointment. But God said, no, no, nope, no, we're done with that. It's time to move on. So we need to move on as well. Our sin has been dealt with. It does not burden us any longer. It does not entangle us anymore. We don't look back. We keep moving forward. So don't let sin be an anchor that drags you down. And what I also really appreciated about that story was that God was not afraid to tell Joshua how to feel. So Joshua was in mourning for a little while. God said, no, it's not time to mourn. There are times to mourn, but that wasn't it. And again, he says, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged. We don't always get it right in our reactions. We just can't possibly always you know, know the right thing to say and the right conclusions to come to in ourselves. We just, we just can't get it right all the time. I remember a long time ago, about even 10 or 12 years ago, it was in this church and um, we wanted some, some people wanted to start a young adults ministry. And Ruth rang me and said, you know, there's a group of people getting together and they want to kind of start this group and, and I want you to go along and, and, you know, see if you want to be a part of it. And my first reaction to her was, oh, no, I don't think so. I didn't really feel it. I didn't really feel like that was for me. I, I can't really say why. I just, oh, I, didn't, I didn't think that was the right thing for me. But she was very gracious and she just said, okay, well, why don't you just go along to this meeting and see what you think and, and pray about it. So I said, okay. So my pastor asked me to do something. So I said yes to her, to honour her. But secretly, I'm still thinking, I don't think this is going to work out. So I went along to the meeting and, you know, we just started talking about what we wanted to do and uh, accomplish with this ministry. And I got so excited by the ministry. I, all of a sudden, I did a complete 180. I couldn't believe the turnaround. I so wanted to be part of this group. So we ended up starting this amazing young adults ministry. It was called SALT. We met every Sunday night and just ministered to all these young people. And, you know, the word of God was preached and, and people were saved and healed and, and became closer to God. And it was a wonderful time of ministry. And I'm so, so glad I was a part of it. But I remember coming home from that meeting after having a complete turnaround. And I can so clearly remember it. I remember thinking, I was wrong. I was so wrong. My initial feeling was, no, this isn't the right thing to do. 
I was wrong. And we get it wrong sometimes. And I feel like, you know, us relying on our own opinions and feelings is kind of like just relying on the weather forecast. They get it right sometimes. Sometimes you get it right. Sometimes your feelings are right. But not always. We just can't always be relied on to get it right. But God can. So we have to submit our feelings and emotions to God all the time and listen to him when he says, no, it's not the time to feel sad. It's not the time to feel anxious. It's not the time to feel angry even, perhaps. It's time to feel something else. So be led by the Spirit in your emotions. So moving on to Joshua chapter 10. It's one of my favourite chapters The Israelites, they've moved on. They are back in the battle zone. They are taking ground. They are winning the battles. They are are gaining these incredible victories against armies that were so much bigger than their own. But God led them. He told them, come here, fight this people. Now go over here. You know, bring your army, fight this army. You will win. I will deliver the enemy into your hands. And every time he did. It was truly the Lord's battle. But Joshua obeyed and he did the work. And it was tough. It was not easy. Battle is hard. It's exhausting and dirty and gritty and tough. But he did it. He he led his people. So they're in a battle in Joshua chapter 10. So they, they, they march all night in preparation for this battle at Beth Horon. They're fighting the Amorites. And they're just ready to go and they're so keen and they're in the zone. But the sun's going to go down and they have to stop fighting because they can't see. So Joshua prays this to God. Joshua chapter 10, verses 12 to 14. It says, On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, Sun, stand still over Gibeon, and you, moon, over the valley of Aijalon. So the sun stood still, and the moon stopped, till the nation avenged itself on its enemies, as is written in the book of Jashar. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. There has never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. (laughs) I read this and I'm just like, what? What? Are you serious? You stopped the sun, God? I mean, what a a thing to ask. They'd been fighting, marching all night, fighting all day, but they wanted to keep going because they were on to such a good thing. So God, please stop the sun. And he says, yes. I mean... (laughs) I just love it so much. God, you are a God of big miracles. What can he not do? Nothing. Our God can do anything. He can stop the sun from moving in the sky. He can surely pay that bill that you've been worrying about. He can surely get you a good job. He can surely fix whatever issue it is that you're concerned about. He answers big prayers. He is a good God. He moves. The Israelites still had to fight. 
they, they were in the promised land, they were promised victory and success, but they still had to battle it out. And it's exactly the same for us. We are promised victory as well. We are promised healing, but we still sometimes have to battle through the pain. We are promised that our children will be blessed, but we still have to teach them and discipline them and, and raise them right. We still have to battle it out. But Joshua did, and God helped him. Again, it was the Lord's battle. Joshua encourages his men to keep going. So it's, this is still the same battle, fighting the Amorites. And he says to them, Joshua chapter 10, verse 19, but don't stop. Pursue your enemies, attack them from the rear, and don't let them reach their cities. For the Lord your God has given them into your hand. And I love it how he says, don't let them reach their cities. We're taking every single one of them down. Don't let them settle. He says, keep going until you get them. And that's for us as well, isn't it? Don't let whatever you are battling settle in your life. Don't let fear settle in your life. And, and this is just how I live now. Don't let anxiety settle in your life. Don't let the issues in your life that you are not happy with, the ones that God has called you to, to, to battle and to fight, don't let them settle. Keep going. Don't stop. Pursue your enemies. We are assured of victory, but we still have to get through the battle. And God is with us and he will fight for us. So coming to the end of this battle... So we're still in, in chapter 10. And it says, so I'm going to read this little this passage, Joshua 10, verse 40 to 42. So Joshua subdued the whole region, including the hill country, the Negev, the western foothills and the mountain slopes, together with all their kings. He left no survivors. He totally destroyed all who breathed, just as the Lord, the God of Israel, had commanded. Joshua, Joshua subdued them from Kadesh Barnea to Gaza and from the whole region of Goshen to Gibeon. All these kings and their lands Joshua conquered in one campaign because the Lord, the God of Israel, fought for Israel. Wow. That's what Joshua accomplished through the Lord. God brought about amazing victories. But like we said at the start, you are just like Joshua. You're just as capable. You can do whatever God calls you to do. Do you ever put your name in the Bible when you're reading it? You should do it, it's fun. Listen to this. So Janelle subdued the whole region, including the hill country, the Negev, the western foothills and the mountain slopes, together with all their kings. She left no survivors. She totally destroyed all who breathed just as the Lord, the God of Israel, had commanded. Janelle subdued them from Kadesh Barnea to Gaza and from the whole region of Goshen to Gibeon. All these kings and their lands Janelle conquered in one campaign because the Lord, the God of Janelle, fought for Janelle. Come on. <laughs> you should do that. Whatever you're reading in the Bible, put your name in it. That's for you. You conquered your enemies. You did that with the Lord's help. 
It is the Lord's battle, but he brings you along and he leads you to victory. Hallelujah. So Joshua fought for as long as he had to fight. He kept going. He trusted in God. But he didn't fight forever. Joshua eleven eighteen says, Joshua waged war against all these kings for a long time. So the fighting went on, the battle went on. It wasn't easy, it was hard, but he did it. But Joshua 11.23 says, Then the land had rest from war. The battle was over. It was won, it was finished. And then there was time for rest. Your battle will not go on forever. You are guaranteed success. Joshua fought for as long as God wanted him to and not a day longer. The battle ended and so will yours. There will come a time of victory and rest. You can be assured of that. Praise the Lord. So you are like Joshua. You can do whatever it is that you need to do. He promises victory. You will fight only for as long as you need to. And then we rest. Praise the Lord. Can I get the band up? Let's just pray. Hallelujah, God. Lord, we love reading and understanding these great men of God and what they accomplished. But Lord, the battle was yours. It was always yours. You led Joshua and the Israelites to a great place of success. And God, help us now, help us to be like Joshua, to be obedient, to seek you, to listen, to know how to react and how to feel and when. Help us to trust you in the midst of battle. Help us to be always led by your Spirit. You tell us where to go and what to do and how to fight and we do it. We gain the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And thank you, Lord, for for anyone here who is battling today. And I pray, Father, for encouragement and strength and diligence in the battle to keep trusting you, to keep relying on you and keep being assured and full of faith that there is victory And then there will be rest. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. We glorify you, Lord. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.